All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back, episode 16, Two Dope Brothers in the Podcast. Uh, so glad to have you joining us. Got a lot to catch up on NFL, NBA, tons of uh, movie stuff, dad life, a um, whole lot of things going on. Find out uh, how Chris is doing after his near brush with death. Um, make sure you guys are following us too. Uh, head over to Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Two Dope Podcast. Um, that's T W O D O P E P O D C A S T. I know rather long, but we like to keep it complicated for those simple minded folk out there. Um, so please make sure you're following us on our social media. It's got a lot of interactive stuff coming soon for you guys. Um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode, guys. All right, later. Yo. Guten Tag, my friend. Guten Tag, mi amigo. How are you? Uh, I'm a million bucks is what I am. All right. Well, it's good. I see you're feeling better from your sickness from last week. My near-death experience, yes. Yes. All right. All right. Well, let's just jump right up in here, man. Everybody, welcome back to episode 16. Tudor Brothers in the podcast. Good to have you all back. A little time off. Chris is a little under the weather. Uh, but he's all better now. He's feeling strong like Iron Man, right? I don't, f- I don't appreciate you underselling my brush with death, bro. <laughs> I was on death's doorstep. Well, I mean, lay it out for the folks, then, Chris. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. I, oh, if... I will. Oh, I will. I'll spell it out. I was, I was horribly misdiagnosed, led to suffer more than I should have. It was. Uh, so, like, Sunday afternoon, I started feeling like I was getting a sore throat. And I was like, oh, man, that's some bullshit. And Monday morning, I woke up with a really, really important thing to do at work. And I was meeting a whole, like, my whole team there and all this stuff. And uh, I just didn't want to get anybody sick. So, I, I immediately went to the doctor's office to do a strep test, knowing damn well it was strep. And the lady took the test and was like, definitely not strep. Just a virus, man. It'll be gone in, you know, about 48 hours and you should be good to go. So uh, Monday I suffered, Tuesday I suffered, Wednesday I suffered. Sarah left for a trip, left me alone uh, with the with the man flu, with a legit case of the man flu. And uh, I didn't really eat much Wednesday. Thursday I didn't eat much. Uh, Friday when she got home, I was still kind of in agony and not eating. and almost being the giantest pussy you've ever seen in your life. Well, I finally went and got to the urgent care. And the lady took one look and she was like, oh, you have strep throat, honey. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. And and she's like, yeah, they only test for two different kinds of strep or something. And there's all these other kinds and you fucking definitely have it. So she put me on antibiotic and finally Sunday, I started feeling better where I was going to come around. But yeah, my voice was gone. I was just tired and just grumpy as shit. Like it was awful. It was, it was pretty, pretty grim circumstances there. If you ask me. So, you, I mean, are you, do you have plans to sue this other person? Because, I mean, I feel like a misdiagnosis like that, Chris, it could have had a serious impact on the family and the podcast had you not been around for us. So uh, I feel like you should sue. Yeah, I, I made it. I, I toughed through it. If there's one thing people say about Chris, it's he's fucking tough. <laughs> tough like a $2 whore titties. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like a $3 steak. Three dollar steak. There we go. That's probably a little go. more, a little more appropriate. I like your terminology you better, sir. There you go. So, uh, you know, glad to have you back, Chris. Yeah, glad, glad to be amongst the living, brother. Yeah, glad you're not dead. Yeah. Um, 
that that's that's a plus. Um, but good lord, so much to catch up on, Chris. I mean, uh, we missed two weeks of playoff football um, with a lot of fireworks going down, but I think uh, probably played out the way it was supposed to play out. You've got number one and number two seeds in both the AFC and the NFC going into championship weekend. Um, got the Patriots taken on the Kansas City Chiefs, and you've also got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so two, two Titans um, on each side of the board who we thought were going to be there, are there. Um, what are your predictions this week, Chris? Who do you think takes it? Uh, the Chiefs beat the Patriots. It's, it hurts to say, but I think uh, I want to. I don't want to see the Patriots do it. So my heart says the Chiefs, man. They're 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 young and fun, and Patrick Mahomes is fun to watch. He seems to thrive every week. I mean, very rarely has he had a bad week. Um, they're good, man. They're good at home. It's going to be loud. It's going to be super duper duper cold. I saw that. Uh, Mrs. Brady's going to be wearing a wetsuit underneath his pads, uh, underneath her pads, because it's going to be so cold. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I hate the Patriots more than anything, so I don't want to hear about the Patriots for three more weeks. I, I want it to be kind of over with for them. So I think the Chiefs take the, that one in the AFC, and um, I think the, the Rams squeak out the Saints just because they have a little bit better defense, I think. And uh, my heart says in Damakon Sue and Wade Phillips and – Akeem Talib and, uh, you know, some of those dudes. Uh, uh, yeah, come on, let's go. And let's do like a battle of Missouri. Oh, wait, that would be very insultful for the fans of Missouri who are <laughs> mourning the loss of the Rams. But, yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> Old battle of Missouri. Oh, good Lord. That was too soon, Chris, too soon. <laughs> no, it's never too soon. <laughs> never too soon. I love it. No, I think uh, I'm going to have to – I'm going to change my picks up slightly because your picks are so good, Chris. They're just so good. I can't agree with you on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Patriots get it done. Um, Does your wife have in, a gun to your head right this second? Uh, I'm blinking once, so okay. – All right. Yes. All right. I'll send help. <laughs> Um, so no, I think the Patriots are going to take the win here. Now, here's the only thing it's, it's hard in the NFL to beat a team twice, but, um, I I really feel like Patriots in the playoffs are a different animal. Um, you know, you kind of, the problem with Kansas city is it's feast or famine. Um, they can put points up, put a lot of points up, but when they're not putting points on the board, it can be a scary thing, and unfortunately, they're going to run into a team that can go out there and can execute and will put points on the board, especially when you're not putting them up. Um, now, again, I don't know if the Patriots have all their pieces uh, ready to go. I, you know, they, they looked good the last few weeks. Um, I'm, I'm giving them the edge in this game because of the experience um, and the mentality. I think Kansas City maybe a year or two removed um, from, from really making a statement. Um, so I'm going to have to go with the veterans on this one. I, I think the experience is going to be a little too much for them to overcome in this situation, particularly. Um, and on the NFC and, or excuse me, NFC side of the football, um, I'm probably going to take St. Louis um, or St. Louis. <laughs> no, I'm probably going to take Los Angeles. Um, I like Los Angeles uh, as a whole. And I'm I'm just, only thing that concerns me is the the championship mentality on the other side of the football where I'm giving the edge to the Patriots just because of their methodical way they grind it out. 
I'm going to take it away from the Saints because I think that there is still a lot of pieces in there that haven't executed at that high level outside of Drew Brees, who obviously gets everybody to play better. I think the Rams having the frustration of the last two seasons under their belt, um, you know, arguably people saying last year should have been their year. Um, I, I think they find a way to get over that hump this year, and I think they find a way to get it done. All right, all right. I uh, I'm with you on that. I like the Rams, man. I like uh, I'd like to see Sue win a Super Bowl. That'd be cool. Yeah, I like Sean McVay. I think he's he's, he's a young guy and he's he's doing things the right way. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see him get one. Wonderful picks, Daryl. Wonderful picks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're a sellout bitch and pick the Patriots, but that's you know that's whatever you know. Underneath your Bears jacket, you've got a you've got a Tom Brady jersey on. I I you know I respect Listen, your spinelessness. Listen, dude, Good. I bleed. I bleed green, and I know football. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. You search here for the Denver Broncos. Then, then why do you have? Let me just ask you, why did you have a Bears jacket football on? Operations. Why did you have a Bears jacket on last? Just as early as last weekend. Well, it's because it was a gift okay. uh, from somebody very close to me, Chris. Okay, all right. I know. Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to understand this. No, but I get somebody that. very close to me. Yeah, and I. I you know, I feel a sense of responsibility to yep. honor the fact that they thought of me mm-hmm. um, and thought and, this dude is the ultimate Bears fan. I'm going to buy him a jacket. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's what people think of, about. Him. It's a bit of an inside joke between mm-hmm. me and that fellow person. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I know where my allegiance lies, sir. Right. I know, I know, I know who I'm cheering for every Sunday. And the fact that this happens to be a very warm coat and it is very cold here in Chicago in the winters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's just a jacket, sir. I'm with you. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Are you going to be watching the UFC this weekend? Uh, is this the first one that's on ESPN Plus? Yes. Yep. Yes. Then I yep. will be. I have the Plus package. You so have the I Plus will, package. I will, I, will, I will tune in. Okay. All right. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good card. I got some. I got a I got a little beef with the card though. If we're beef, being, if we're being honest. Serve it rare, sir, because I like Serve my beef rare. still bleeding. Oh, it's going to come hot. Um, no, here's the thing, bro. Uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman on the card um, who's uh, amongst the fan favorites, I would say. He's the all-time winningest fighter in the history of the UFC. He's got quite a few appearances in the UFC. He's, he's, a, he's a pretty skilled, exciting fighter. Um, he's on the preliminary fucking card this weekend. Um, he's, on, he's on the undercard. And... Uh, um, a guy who has fought more women than he has UFC fights is the co-main oh, event of fucking Greg Hardy. So I have a real, real issue with what the UFC has chosen to do with the fight card order on this particular fight. It's your opening fight on ESPN. Greg Hardy has been kicked out of the NFL for beating women, uh, and he is your uh, co-main event um, slash kind of headliner on this card, on the main card, when a one Donald Cowboy Cerrone um, is, is on the fucking prelims. And, and it doesn't matter so much to him, I imagine, just because he gets paid the same amount. But from a recognition standpoint, from a PR persona, it fucking pisses me off. It, it really, the guy that uh, Cowboy is fighting is a young up-and-coming fighter. He's on an eight-fight win streak. Again, he's probably one of the the new fresh faces of the UFC. Uh, why not promote him and promote the fight against Cowboy um, in a way that's going to draw an audience in on the first ever ESPN card? It, 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 I just, it fucking bums me out so much to see it go down like this. 
Wow. That's, that's uh, my story. Well, yeah, I think um, with all the Cowboys done in the UFC, it, it is kind of a bit of a shocker. I'm just finding this out now as you're informing me. Um, to be on the preliminary card uh, is a bit of a shocker. Um, not not understanding that decision, I, I kind of, you know, I, I don't profess to know anything about how they do their business, but um, it just seems very odd um, for somebody who just broke those kind of records in his last fight that – uh, he would be on a preliminary card going in, and don't even get me started on Greg Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, but it's just it, it, to me, it's, it's so weird. Unbelievable. It's odd. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's something that uh, I'll definitely be tuning in for because I definitely want to see Cowboy fight. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus, which I've kind of been waiting for. You know, the UFC to make this transition off of Fox um, and get to a. A platform that I like <laughs> and ESPN just happens to so be it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy for that. And, uh, you know, hopefully Cowboy pulls out that win. Um, so I just have to watch the preliminaries, it looks like. And then uh, I guess I'll catch the rest on Snapchat in the morning. Yeah, there was some interesting, uh, there were some interesting comments made tonight at the press conference, which, um, you know, I think this young kid's trying to get uh, some shit talked and get into uh, to Cowboy's head and, and maybe make him fight mad and, and, I think it's pretty common knowledge that uh, he doesn't fight well when he's real mad. So there was some there were some words exchanged at the press conference that I thought was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I just for the whole prelim thing, man, it it, it pisses me off. I'm probably not going to turn into the rest of the card and really just watch that one and move on with my night. Yeah, um, I feel like I'll do much of the same because uh, I don't want to fucking waste my time on shit I don't really care about. Yeah, on, not- on on honestly and and and. Even if Greg Hardy hadn't hit women, allegedly, um, <laughs> he he's so inexperienced and unskilled. I don't understand why you hook your wagon to this guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's fuck them for that. Honestly, yeah. Poor. It that. seems like a poor choice, but uh, you yeah. know, again, I don't profess to know how they run their business, but mm. it seems from an outside looking in, I, I definitely would have switched that up a little bit. Yeah, pretty pretty stupid. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Chris, big news, man. Uh, what do you What's think your big the, news? What do you think about the government shutdown? Oh, um, well, I've got a different, interesting take on it. Okay. Um, give Lay it that, on me, brother. Give that motherfucker his wall. Let's buckle. Let's give him the money for this wall. Let's let this dumb little child build the wall and let's watch it fail. And his one thing that he has hung onto and clung on to and it's been a talking point since the campaign let it fucking fail all of his projects fail in one way or another uh he is a walking disaster there's some way he's going to make this fail so let's do it and let's get these eight hundred thousand people that aren't getting paychecks back to work let's get the coast guard paid let's get the tsa you guys get paid as big as piece of shit those fucking assholes are let's get them paid because even though they're pieces of shit they're still doing work right now for free which okay uh but no let's let's just let's just cave let's do a strategic cave-in let's let this little uh little baby think he won and then let's let's give it to him go go do your wall buddy let's see what happens and let's go put him in his little sandbox and and let him be off in his own little world while the rest of us kind of figure some things out behind his back. Like, let's, let's just do it now. Let, it's gone on long enough. I saw he got into a bullshit ass little tip with Nancy Pelosi today about some pulling her plane, her plane for European. Come on, this fucking guy. He's like a goddamn three year old. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, 
here's my whole point of view, and I'm sure we're going to offending some listeners right now, but fuck it. Um, it, it's juvenile. I mean, it's like throwing a temper tantrum to get what you want. Um, I mean, we're talking about something that has been discredited many a times for the main reasons for building this wall. You know, first it was illegal immigrants are bringing drugs into this country across the border, which isn't true. I believe it was uh, one of the federal government organizations. They come through, they come through the ports, man. Ports of entry into the country. So, you know, by sea, by air, that's how the stuff's getting in here. And it's not, um, coming across the border on somebody's back and how about this how about this just legalize marijuana throughout the nation and then that problem is so (laughs) it's fucking fixed and we can tax it i i'm right there with you bro i'm right there with you uh you know if you haven't heard our huge argument on this go back a couple episodes and listen we talked very extensively about the marijuana debate um but you know I'm just disgusted at the fact that all these people that are so, I mean, think about it. People are not getting paid um, and not working. And, you know, kids are in college, mortgages are due, vacations are trying to be planned. And you're putting these people's livelihood at risk for something that most of the country is against you on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And what also kind of just, you know, really, really showed just how little he thinks of the situation. The Clemson Tigers this week visited, visited the White House uh, for the, you know, for usual championship celebration. Yeah. And so I find it very funny. I mean, well, it's not funny, but he served them fast food. Um I mean, I, I just, you know, I don't know what podunk, backwards, dumb shit fuck thinks this is acceptable. You know, for years, it's been a obviously catered meal, but it's probably not catered because of the fact that, you know, half the White House staff is off on furlough. But this knucklehead decides to bring in all this fast food and... It just is embarrassing. Um, I don't, I just, I'm embarrassed for Clemson to have to show up to such nonsense and to some super cold, some some super cold Big Macs and old stale ass. Cause you think about it, bro. I'll buy, I'll buy McDonald's on lunch and I'll drive back to my office and I'll eat it. And by the time I get there, I'm like, "Eh, this is um, almost unacceptably cold at this point. Can you imagine? The process to make all of that food, get it through White House security, get it in there, get it set up, have a stupid fucking photo op, light the goddamn candles, bring Clemson. It's completely cold at that point. So they're eating cold, stale-ass, rotten dog McDonald's on their national champion celebration with this orange fuck. It's just, it makes me so, like, and some people are like, oh, they're college kids. They're used to eating, you know, junk food. Well, and, okay, while that may be true, most of these real big colleges feed these football players really, really well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have meal passes. They eat in the training room, like they they, eat, they have a like top, a nutrition plan, right? Clemson's like, a top five program. Every so with, often, they're probably getting through a little with McDonald's. a nationally recognized nutrition right. program. Right? How do you think that it's acceptable to feed these kids fast food? I mean, it just goes to show the blatant disregard, uh, you know, 
this I don't think he's even that smart to have blatant disregard. I think he's just a dumb fuck. I think he was just like like the same thing that happens like if if people show up at my house unexpected and I have nothing to cook for them. I'm going to just order and and I'll even one up the son of a bitch. I'll eat I'll order DoorDash and have Red Robin brought to my house. You know, like yeah. It ain't McDonald's but it's, you know, it's that oh, last man. minute like, "Oh fuck, I don't have nothing to do." You know, like it's just a, he's just a clown. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, national champions, I mean, you could have at least ordered in some type of regional delicacy that uh, I'm sure would have made some small business very happy. Um, but instead, it goes to greedy corporations like McDonald's and Taco Bell and Wendy's. But Don't you ever fucking uh, talk about McDonald's being greedy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you greedy. son of a bitch. Greedy asses, Chris, and you know it. Well, you can go fuck yourself. I'll, I'll eat a McDonald's Big Mac every day of the year. And you're just still a skinny some bitch, and that's what just burns me up, man. Well, just you know, burns me up. Yeah, you know that's how it works. Yeah, well, fuck it. <laughs> uh, so what else, man? What else has been going on? Um, not too much, dude. Um, I'm getting into some photography um, as of late, uh, and it's it's really been enjoyable. Um, very relaxing. Um, I'm working with a couple people on some projects right now, so it's, uh, going really well. Um, good little man is, is getting huge. Um, so the other day, um, he really got into kids bop and I feel like it might be a sign of the apocalypse, Chris. Um, because I, I've never listened to kids bop. I know what it is. It's just kids covering, uh, popular songs of today. Um, that sounds but, fucking terrible. I have listened and danced to more kids bop in the last two weeks than I probably ever, uh, than probably any human should ever have to. Huh. Uh, my son is obsessed with like two songs. Uh, you know, it's uh, feel it, feel it still and best time ever. Hmm. Um, and uh, we've just been jamming to those two tunes um, for the last two weeks, and it's been driving me absolutely batshit crazy. Huh, it sounds like you'd rather have sort, uh, strep throat than, than that. You're good. Yeah, I'd rather have properly diagnosed strep throat, not okay. that missed, yeah. misdiagnosed shit yeah, you yeah. had. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, that sounds terrible. My little dude got into uh, basketball. He had his first game on Saturday, which I miserably suffered through. Um, oh. <laughs> but it was, it was really neat because basketball was one of my passions growing up. I, I don't know how many basketballs I wore out in the driveway shooting hoops and, and, and dribbling and playing every single day throughout the snow and the rain. And so it was good to see him uh, kind of take it and play a little bit and have some fun and, and dribble around and be goofy. And it was, uh, it was cute. It was a, a big joy of the weekend. All right, so I got uh, my son actually starts basketball this weekend at nice. Hawaii. Very cool. Yeah, so that'll be. I've tried to like, kind of coach him up for it, and he's just kind of like, uh, okay. We have a yeah. we uh, went and bought him a couple balls the other day, and he's been doing nothing but dribbling on our hardwood floor. And from the time I get home from work till the time he goes to bed, he just dribbles, which I guess that's good. It's annoying <laughs> as fuck. But there's this little dude on on uh, on his. Uh, I guess it was the team he played against. This little kid, and it's four and five year olds, and this little kid had biceps and triceps, and he was <laughs> knocking down shots from ten, fifteen feet away with a pretty, uh, a pretty uh, good consistency. He was at least fifty percent from the field. Um, he was Jeez. amazing. 
yeah, he was amazing at basketball. Uh, it was yeah, he was. I, he had a mustache and stuff. It was very peculiar. But you was it Adam? Was it Adam Morrison? Uh, no, no, don't get no, no. <laughs> um, different shade. Different the Gonzaga shade. great. Different, different shade of, of fella. Um, Latrell Sprewell. Uh, yeah, more like that. More like that. Okay. More like that. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he choke his coach? No, but he beat the <laughs> shit out of every other little four and five year old in this gym. He put on a clinic. It was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm a little afraid of that when I take my son. I, you know, yeah. we haven't really worked too much. Like, he did a sports class a couple uh, months ago where it was kind of like an introduction. They kind of learned the basics of basketball. I'm not, not sure how much of that's going to stick. But I'm afraid there's going to be some kid out there whose dad has just been grooming him since he could walk to dribble. And this kid's going to come out here and start draining threes and posting up. And Yeah. I'm going to have to teach my son how to throw a forearm. Uh, former Bronco, uh, former average Bronco running back, No. Sean Moreno was one of the coaches there, so that was something to see. Who? Uh, no. Sean Moreno, former Georgia Bulldog, Denver Bronco. Who? Um, maybe a Dolphin at some point, maybe. I'm not sure. No. Sean. Who? Yeah, you shut, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you almost his entire backstory. Uh well, yeah. I just I, I just never heard the name before, sir. You fucking liar. <laughs> I am such a liar. Yeah. I know who he is. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Did you get uh, an autograph, Chris? No, nah, man, I don't ask for autographs. That's some fangirl bullshit that I don't do. Yeah, right. John Elway walked in the door right now. You'd be like, so uh, should I use my left hand or my right hand? Do you like lotion? <laughs> shit. You're stupid. Uh yeah, so that's accurate. Uh, I'm that's, more accurate, sir. No, that's uh that's been pretty much the things that have been going on around these parts. We oh we got a horse. We we bought a horse. Well, we didn't buy a horse. We got a horse. We obtained a horse, I guess. Uh, I knew it was only a matter of time. Um, yep. you brought a horse, or your my wife, wife brought a my wife procured a horse. I wouldn't say bought. We didn't buy. We just procured a horse. Uh, he'll be here on the fifth. Um. He's procured. A, yeah, we obtained. We uh, we came across a horse. We've been saved it from the glue factory. Or we, we know this is like a famous horse. I guess I don't know shit about horses, but this is like a, a real good one. Apparently, he's uh-huh. like a he's from a Hall of Fame uh, rodeo stock contractor. Is the terminology that I've been told. Okay. Uh, he's one of. Uh, it's funny because he's uh, he's one of the blacks. And he's like one of the world famous blacks. I was like, wow, that's what? Huh? Yeah, we better watch what company we're getting that around. Um, that needs more explanation. Uh, um, yeah, you would. Would you mind explaining, Chris, before I jump through this? Yes, he's line. a yes. Hope you're so there's a uh, the Hall of Fame rodeo stock contractor Harry Vold. Uh, his daughter um, is is I guess acquaintances with my wife, and they have these horses that they call the Vold Blacks, and they have like a white. Uh, they're black horses with like a white, you know, a patch on their face, bla- uh, maybe a blaze face. I don't know what the fucking terminology is. Anyways, uh, super cool <laughs> horses. They go to all the national finals rodeos. Okay. They, do, right. they do parades and shit. They're like, uh, they're really good horses. And uh, we've been looking for one for Brighton to get into uh, being a rodeo queen and things. And this mm. is like, uh, uh, she tells me, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get on this horse. I'm going to ride it so fast. I'm, and, and I'm definitely not going to do that. But I was telling her just to kind of make myself sound cool. She goes, oh, daddy. You can definitely do that. This is the brokest of broke horses. It is absolutely bomb-proof, Mommy said. 
So I guess that's all good things. Because um, okay. usually when I say somebody's broker than broke, um, that's usually not a great sign, but I guess that means good things in horse language. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, so he's like a, he's a, a chill-ass horse, I guess. And his name is Smokey. So I love that. That, that fits my personality pretty well. Um, I'm a big fan of having a horse named Smokey. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So you procured a horse. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that term. I've heard purchased a horse, bought no, a horse. No, didn't do that. Didn't no just money exchanged hands. We just gifted a horse. Yeah. Gifted a horse. A, uh, a blessing, I guess. Uh, my dad goes, God damn. That's a, that's a goddamn hay burner boy. <laughs> uh, you know, did your dad the king of the hell? Yeah. He's, he's Hank Hill. He's Hank Hill. Yeah. God damn it, boy. Um, so yeah. <laughs> We got us. We got us a hay burner. Is what my dad would call it. All right. Oh. I'm pretty. I'm. If I'm being honest, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, I'm. I'm excited to give it a shot. All right. Well, hey, congratulations to you, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll probably ride it bareback out into the meadows and. I don't think I'm gonna cross do, the sunny plains. I don't think I'm gonna do any of that, but I'll probably give my family rides over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. So when's the horse arrive? The fifth. The fifth. Yep. Nice. Good time to get a horse right in the middle of winter. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a really special time to get a, a nice free horse. Did you build a stable in your backyard and everything? No, man. My backyard is not big enough for a horse. It's barely big enough for a chihuahua. We're going to keep it at a lady's house that my wife knows. It's like a thing, man. It's like a whole process. Just, yeah. you know. Yep. yep. Well, good luck to you, sir. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Good Looking luck. forward to it. Looking forward to becoming a real, real life cowboy. Oh man! Um, so just jumping right back to sports, real quick, Chris. I don't oh. know if you've been following it, uh, but I'm just curious to get your thoughts. What do you think on this Antonio Brown drama that's happening out in Pittsburgh? Man, fuck that pussy! <laughs> that's what I think about that. That's what I think about that. You keep Emmanuel Sanders' name out of your goddamn mouth until you can play through. Uh, you know, and win yourself a Super Bowl and be a consummate teammate and, a, and give back to the town of Denver. You don't ever fucking talk about Emmanuel Sanders in such a goddamn derogatory way. Uh, you're a diva. You're an asshole. You, uh, if your team would have won game 17, you would have been in the playoffs, but you were a piece of shit and then you went and hung out on the sidelines. I have a real problem with these, uh, with these diva-ass receivers. And it's been one of those things for a long, long time. I... I I don't even I, I don't even know where the the beginning of that diva bullshit receiver came from because Jerry Rice did not conduct himself in such a manner. Uh, maybe really, it was, maybe really? It was, yeah, shut the, don't you ever you know who started this nonsense? Uh, and I'm trying to think was it maybe Michael Irvin? Like is he like the kind of the 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 the, the little spark that started all this bullshit? No, he was more flashy. I would say the diva behavior probably was, T. O. was definitely To. Okay. Um, the sit-ups yeah. in the driveway. The, I dare the... to say Randy Moss, he was a bit flashy, but not Yeah, but he wasn't diva. a hoe. He didn't act like a hoe. <laughs> I like Randy Moss. Randy Moss is one of my favorites. He was, yeah, no, he was... no definitely. He, he was a little flashier than most. But, but I, he I wasn't think, a hoe. I think T.O. definitely gave us the, the birth of the diva receiver. Man, I hate it, though. I absolutely despise it. If, if, I, was, if I was the Steelers... He would be off my team immediately. That's not the Steeler way, man. Uh, you got Juju Smith, Schuster, Collins, Phil Collins, Antonio Cromartie, whatever the fuck his name is, the longest name in the history of the world. You got that guy. Uh, you know, uh, 
get the get get off the field, Antonio Brown. You're already pretty old. Just get out of here. You're done. Nobody's <laughs> gonna want you. You go play in in Tampa or Miami or something where you'll never be heard from again, and and let the rest of the guys that do the hard work, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, uh, Danny Amendola. You don't ever hear shit about no Danny Amendola. You, you, Danny Amendola don't ever step the fuck out of line. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Danny Amendola is also in Miami, so. Shut up. He does it right, though. <laughs> he left the Patriots to go to Miami. I mean, Julian Edelman, that's the one I was thinking of. He oh, also oh. doesn't, don't fuck with Julian Edelman. He, he does it quietly, you know, just consistent, quiet production. Zach Ertz, same, same type of character. Get the fuck out of here. He's a tight end, first and foremost. Yeah, well, still. And a bum. Still set the set the uh, record for most catches by Tata. Whoop de doo. Terrible. Yeah. When you catch three yard passes all the time for your career, then you're a bum. Oh, bum you know what? Bum. You know what? The Denver you can, make you can catch a you can catch you, a fuck oh, ton of three yard passes. I talk about day. everybody else's team, but my no. team couldn't even make the playoffs. No, no, no. Mine's bad too. No, no, listen, dude. You can't. It's it's an unwritten rule. You don't get to talk shit about any team in the playoffs because your team didn't make the playoffs. Darryl, sorry, bro. You, Darryl, sorry, you bro. silly fuck. I can talk shit about anybody. Yeah, but nobody's going to take you seriously because you're a Broncos fan. Okay. Anyways, hey, did you see the other <laughs> night? Did you see the other night that Golden State put fifty-one on the Nuggets in the first quarter? first quarter? Fifty-one. That's... Yeah, that's dude. They don't play defense in the NBA. I don't want to hear anybody's. I mean, listen, I've heard this argument for the last two years, and everybody is on James Harden for – he shouldn't be MVP. He doesn't play defense. Nobody plays defense in that league. If you play defense, nobody's putting up 147 points in one game. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear this thing about defense. Nobody's playing defense. It's the five best athletes. Because defense score. is bullshit. I'm sorry. You want to say that again? Yeah, defense is bullshit. I like flashy dunks. Three pointers from three quarter court. I fucking like scoring. I like 120 pound Steph Curry knocking down 13 threes in one night. That shit is fun. Do you like Big 12 football? Yeah, bro, I do. Yeah, all right. I like you. I like you are you are you are what is wrong with sports. I like you are like touchdowns. Where's the chess match? Where is the intellectual gameplay that says, uh, "Hey, man, I I'm 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 hot, but I gotta shut you down." Yeah, not hey, I'm hitting, you're hitting. I'm gonna try to hit one more than you. Yeah, no, that's gotta just it's it's ruining the game for me. It's ruining the game for me. It's just you literally all the fun and excitement, cool moves are so ruining the sports for me. Shut up. The cool no. dunks, the, dude. The, nobody the pl- don't tell me to shut up. Yes. You don't tell you don't tell me yeah. to shut up, sir. <laughs> this is my reparations, okay? You don't get to tell me to shut up, okay? All right, you got some, you got some, you got some cojones on you, sir. I want to see first. And I want to see lockdown defense with their hands up in the defensive slide drill. That's okay first, too, Daryl. First of all, you gotta play some sort of. <laughs> what was your time? Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships, and Oklahoma doesn't play any defense. That's true, also, dude. I'm just trying to tell you, you can't. You, there's always going to be somebody who can hit one more shot, outscore one more you. Free yeah, throw. yeah. It's just not good competition because literally, it's like back in the day when they used to have the free throw contest at halftime in a game. It's just who can make one more shot. It's yeah. not about 
both sides of the game where you play great offense, you run a great set, and then you get back and you play defense and you prevent them from scoring and you get the ball back and you run that great and you beat them down. It's not that anymore. And, I, you know, it's great that they scored 51 points in the first quarter, but it's just there's nobody's playing any D. Nobody. Not a single person in the NBA. And it's really offensive um, to the legacy of the game. And it just, it's, it's sad that, that, you know, we're just literally throwing the five best athletes out there and let them be athletic. And there is no more five really, you know, the four is, is in the middle of vanishing. Everybody's got to stretch and shoot a three and work the perimeter. I'm like, no, I want the, I want the Dennis Rodmans and the Charles Barkley of the world back. Right. Do Dennis you, Rodman. Dennis do you Rodman like the Charles Oakleys yes. of the NBA? Dennis Rodman was not going to shoot a three to save his life, except for that one he hit in Chicago. Don't ask me when, but I remember I was watching the game. But I mean, his stat line would be six points, 25 boards. And I yeah. mean, I loved that kind of stuff because as a bigger guy growing up, I love seeing that I don't have to be the three point assassin. I don't have to be the best ball handler. Listen, I can, I can contribute if I can grab everything that comes off that rim. And I love that aspect of the game. And right now you're losing it because, you know, not everybody wants to have that specialty that once made the NBA so great. And yeah, you're hanging 51 points on somebody, but when's the last time you, you grab 25 boards? You know, like it's that kind of shit that just really frustrates me. Well, all right, you're a little bit of a traditionalist. I am. I'm sorry. Basketball was better when they played defense. Mm. You can't convince. You can't convince me otherwise. I okay. mean, then basketball. So. Basketball was better when they played defense. Okay. All right. Think about it. The single greatest performance in which defense was actually played, and the offensive prowess was just so much better. I need you to think back, Chris. You got to get in the way back machine because we got to go back to the '90s on this one. Mm, I'm with you. When Reggie Miller dropped nine points in one minute on the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. there was some there was some shooting, but there was also a little bit of defensive. Uh, uh, I mean, he luck. didn't he didn't get him he didn't get those easy. I yeah, mean, it no, wasn't I mean, it wasn't like you know yeah. where Steph Curry has a step on somebody. I mean, these guys were all over Reggie Miller. And he was hitting some insane – I mean, Reggie Miller was Steph Curry before Steph Curry was a twinkle in his dad's eye. And, I mean, just that was um, that was amazing to see because it was against New York who played good defense, who was always going to the Eastern Conference Finals, who was always in the mix of something. New York was a great team who just never got it all the way there. So you're a guy who would take a, a Gary Payton over a Sean Kemp, if I hear what you're saying. You'll take the gloves defense over Sean Kemp's jumping ability. Hell yeah, because you're okay. gonna have to you're gonna have to stop somebody sometime. All right. And Sean Kemp was my man. I was a I was a big Sean Kemp fan growing up. Uh, I like Sean Kemp, but the glove was the he was what made Sean Kemp Sean Kemp. All right, all right, all right. Can't 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 be getting those monster dunks unless somebody passes you the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Don't be a bitter, don't be a bitter Nancy, Chris. This is your first podcast back after being sick, and God, that feels so much better. You're coming out here like a little bitch. Oh, here we go. Here coming out here like a go. sour Sally sissy pants. And, uh, uh, oh, uh, one last thing we need to talk about before we get done yeah. with this, and then we got to wrap this up. Uh, Bandersnatch. Have you watched that shit on Netflix? I have. And I think it's probably one of the best pieces of film 
um, that I've seen in the last the coolest year. things ever, right? Yeah, when it comes I mean, to movies, that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. I, I think what really made it awesome for me was the fact that the it, it just kind of sucked you in with all the twists and turns, like where you, you know, I don't want to give too much away here. You know, I don't want to go into a spoiler territory, but um, kind of where the characters almost were like aware of yes another presence yeah. in the movie. You know, that was kind of cool. I think that's kind of what freaked me out. Um, but I, I watched it like twice. And then I went back um, and found there's a guy uh, who does uh, explains all the endings on YouTube. Uh-huh. And I saw all the endings and I was like, wow. Yeah, really something <laughs> so... So just to kind of back it up, people that don't know what we're talking about. So uh, choose your own adventure movie. Uh, you kind of make the choices with your remote control in real time. It doesn't miss a beat. It doesn't skip anything. It's very seamless. Uh, growing up, I read a lot of choose your own adventure books. Like that was really, oh, really cool. they were the shit. Yeah, they, they were, were awesome. really dope. And so this is in that same vein. Uh, the the concept of the movie, the 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 story of the movie with the video game um, uh, programmer. Uh, you know. My, immediately my wife was turned off to that part of it, but then we were drawn <laughs> into the ability to make the decisions and influence the movie and see this particular ending and then go back and do a different ending and, and choose your path, choose the cereal that the guy eats, choose whether to kill your dad or not. Like so many different crazy things. I, I, I watched the movie on the recommendation from my brother. Uh, we sat for probably two hours and went through different alternate endings and different paths through the movie. Um, Super highly recommended. It was a fun, fun movie. I was, I was really uh, enamored with it. Yeah, no, I thought it was superb. It, I mean, it's the same people who are behind Black Mirror, who, which is mm-hmm. – I've seen a couple episodes of it, which is a fantastic show, if you haven't checked that out already. Um, but really thought they did an excellent job executing it, and I love the twists and turns and how each decision – even if you made the wrong decision, you wanted to go back, it started to affect the story in a different way, and I thought it was – Expert, I mean, expertly done. And yeah, real done. For, yeah. Yep. Most cool. definitely. Cool, cool, yep. Yup. All right. I got shit to be done. I got things to do, people to see, all that. Got to all go. Right. Next podcast, you get all that, you get all that bitch up out of you. Oh, brother. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> I've been Daryl. And I've been Chris. And you guys have been absolutely wonderful. Uh, don't forget, guys, also you can check us out on Instagram. We are now on Instagram, at um, 2 Dope Podcast, same as our Twitter handle. So uh, please hit us up, guys. Let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. Um, and we will answer every single message, either Chris or myself. If it's appropriate, it's me. If it's inappropriate, it's most likely Chris. Um, but hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking, guys. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Later.